Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome, friends and family, to the newest edition of The Backdoor Cut. I'm Zach, your barn burner bro, and I'm here today with Richard Mead. Richard, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Zach. I'm doing great, man. How about you? I am doing very well. Um, you know, got a lot of stuff, a lot of exciting stuff to cover for all the Grizz fans out there today. Uh, we'll kind of recap last month uh, in the past week. Uh, since we're at a nice clean cut, go over November, give a look forward into the schedule the Grizzlies have for this week, kind of dissect some good and some not so good individual performances, um, play a little armchair point guard, as it were, uh, making some calls from home that are probably not as easy to make on the court. But before we get any further, uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon. So next time you want a, an adult beverage, be sure to try Memphis's newest spirit, Blue Note Bourbon. Blue Note Bourbon is artfully crafted in Memphis to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. Like the Blues and Marcus Saul's three-point shot, this bourbon is bold yet smooth. It's a premium small batch bourbon that anyone over the age of 21 is sure to enjoy. Be noteworthy, Memphis, and remember, please drink Blue Note Bourbon responsibly, like Jaron Jackson's usage. Also, uh, check us out, the-barnburner.com. Got a lot of Grizzlies content up right now. Um, also, check us out on Twitter, at the underscore barnburner. And now we're ready to roll. All right, so, Richard, uh, November, Grizzlies go 9-6. and six. Uh, what, what stuck out to you from, from the past month? Oh, man, uh, what stuck out to me from the past month? In general, just the inconsistency. I think that's really what really stuck out to me. It's just, you know, we were on a roll a little bit. You know, of course, like things were going to come back down to earth. But I think just, you know, the inconsistency and the hot and cold nature of, you know, just not knowing what Grizz team we're going to see show up. You know, um, when you think about, you know, some of the losses, like, you know, at Phoenix and, and, you know, you go on the road and you beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. It's yeah. like, you know, you're watching this like, oh, man, this team is just amazing. And then they just kind of like rip your heart out again. Uh, so I think a lot of the inconsistency started to rear their head and a lot of the luster of like just that beginning run to the season really kind of not necessarily wore off. But I think like things kind of came back down to reality a little bit for for our guys. 
Yeah, I definitely have to agree. And I, I mean, you saw two a tale of two teams pretty much. You had a five game win streak and then three game losing streak. And then, you know, some of the losses were against, you know, subpar opponents, uh, especially the the last week. I mean, the Knicks game was really that one was really tough. That was a tough one to watch because, yeah, I was at that one, felt pretty good through half and then third quarter Got outscored 35-19. That was pretty pretty embarrassing. Take that for data. Take that. Yeah, he, he dated all over us. All over us. <laughs> <laughs> and then some interesting things. So, um, obviously, we had November. And for the month, the Grizzlies actually led the league in blocks per game. So, we know Jaron, he's probably – he was fourth the other day in the league yeah. in blocks per game. So, that's translating to the team – actually leading the league over the month of November. Uh, wow. Some other things that kind of stuck out were we're next to last in rebounds per game, which that's pretty tough, I think. <laughs> yeah. And also we're 24th in points per game. So we, I mean, which we know our offense <laughs> is not going to be what puts us over the top. Right. But also kind of our defense in some games. Uh, I, I don't know if it's maybe because of the, the extended games that we played, but we're ninth in defensive rating for November. So that doesn't put us in the top five, which we definitely have to be like top three, top five in order to be a competitive team since we're definitely not scoring, you know, over, I feel like we're plus or minus a hundred points and like, we're going to win our games 102 to 98. I feel like that's like the going to be the average win for us. And then a couple other thing, a couple other notes from November. Um, our defensive rating per quarter is something that I looked at. I thought that was pretty interesting. So first quarter, uh, 100.8 defensive rating. So I, I'm, I'm really good there. And then we progressively get worse in the second, 109.6. And then in the third, which killed that us several quarter, games. That third quarter. Yeah, 112.5. So that's... And then we, we kind of tightened back up again. And then in the fourth, we're 105.5. But I feel like sometimes that's just too little, too late for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, so last week, uh, recapping that, we had the tough loss to the Knicks, the, uh, which we kind of talked about. The, um, we shot 11 of 16 from the free throw line. So 58%, which is our worst of the season. Well, that, that one was like – there was just no air in the stadium that night while that was all going on. Wow. Were there any other things from that Knicks game that kind of stuck out to you? Um, I think a lot that stuck out to me was just watching that fourth quarter, man, and just, you know, seeing the frantic comeback. Uh, when we talk about, you know, the defensive rating kind of coming back up in the fourth quarter. But like you said, it's too little too late. Um, and then you look at the offensive end, I think what stood out to me in that Nick game in particular was just, I wasn't seeing any sets being run. It was just a lot of, all right, Mike, get the ball and go win us the game. You know, I just saw a lot of Mike isolation, not a lot of movement, not a lot of cutting off the ball. Uh, and it was just, you know, Mike is capable. Of course, I think we all know that, but I mean, sometimes it's your night, sometimes it isn't. And I think, you know, seeing the Knicks, they were getting into transition a lot and they were scoring kind of, I don't want to say at will, but they were scoring pretty rather easily. And it's just, you know, how can, you know, JB kind of figure out, you know, 
the team to put on the floor that will not only compete defensively, but will give the team a best chance to actually score points, which is what you have to do to win a basketball game effectively. Yeah, that's not how we like to win basketball games, though, if we can help it. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, so that Knicks game, just that kind of sucked all around. But the the Raptors game, did you happen to catch that one? Yes, sir. Uh, man, the first half was glorious. Yeah, that was I, that was honestly one of the more uh, how like eye opening, and but it was a really fun game because mm-hmm. the Grizzlies scored over thirty points, almost forty points in the second quarter, but over thirty points two quarters in a row. Which I'm curious if that's happened. Maybe like in the Atlanta game, probably at the beginning of the year, but mm-hmm. most games that's not happening. And I, I was feeling, I, I knew though that it was probably too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And I was like texting folks, I'm like, oh no, we, we're going to waste like a high scoring game. Yep. And we sure did. But that, that Raptors team, they're Whew. for real. They're deep, man. They're yeah. deep. <laughs> they're deep. Yeah, Just. they had. Six guys scoring double figures. And the thing is, uh, Kyle Anderson was on Leonard, and he Kawhi only had 17 points. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I say only, but. Right. But for him, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So that was solid. But Kyle Lowry, had, well, he was out for a vengeance. He had five, three, five of eight from three. We just could not, could not stop him. But one thing I did notice is that, yeah, we can kind of talk about how the Raptors went off and hit 18 threes, but they really did have a lot of open threes. They like, were in the wide corner. open, man. Yeah, Wide open, especially in the fourth quarter, like Van Vliet, I think I recall hit like two within like a minute or two minute span. And they were literally, there was no one within, you know, two to three feet of him. Yeah. Just wide open, setting the feet, knocking down the open shot. Yeah, we were focused so much on clamping down on Kawhi when he was driving in that the perimeter, oof, it was bad. Uh, but that uh, that Raptors team, I was I was highly impressed with them, and yeah, Kawhi really puts them over the top, I think. And um, th- they're going to be scary come playoff time. I, yeah. Last year, I was all in on the Raptors, and I was like, yeah, they're going to the they're going to the finals, and everyone else was clowning on me. <laughs> I, it seems I was potentially one year too early because this team actually has – they can score from a lot of different guys. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of vets on this team. and yeah. They so, just play their role. They know their yeah. role. It seems like they all have their niche. Uh, every man from one down to – I think they're going like eight, nine deep at minimum. And it seems like everyone that comes into the game can contribute. And they also, you know, have a – a little bit of a three-guard rotation where they're getting, you know, Lowry and Van Vliet their minutes, but also DeLon Wright's getting some minutes in there as well. And I think they're just effectively using their pieces. Yeah, that – yeah, I'd have to agree. They're they're in a really good situation right now, and mm-hmm. I, di- I really didn't feel I – re- I wanted to steal the game because that was definitely one that we shouldn't have won. We were definitely outmatched by Toronto, but – I was really hoping we could steal it, but it just wasn't in the cards because that's what that's what good teams do to you. They they close yeah. on you, and they take advantage of mistakes. But anyway, enough dwelling on that one. Yeah. Friday night was awesome. Woo! Friday night in Brooklyn. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. He appeared. The birth of a superstar. That was we got worldwide wob now Woo! or wob. Yeah. Whatever he goes by, 
tweeting Jaron Jackson highlights. Oh yeah, he's on Loeb's campaigning on for Conley for an All Star game. That's that was, dope. I think, I think that was just a really big game for us as a team and a franchise for people to be like, oh, they got there's some of, there's some exciting things going on over there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that one for anyone who may have not, you know, been on Twitter or didn't watch the game. So Jaron scores, he hit uh, and one three, you know, to tie the game, send it into overtime, and then two overtimes. It was Mike Conley time. Take and over. Yeah, and Mike had what Mike had. They both had like thirty six, thirty seven points. Yeah, uh, something like that. And then. Uh, Jaron, his last five games, he's just been crushing it. Yeah, he's. Whew. Yeah, I think you pulled some numbers on that one. Yeah, man, Jaron's last five games, you're talking 18.6 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.8 blocks, shooting 57% from the field, 50% from three, and 90 from the line. Now, those numbers, with a usage rate of only 22.8%, is a plus three net rating, 58, 50, 90. The rook, the teenager, the teenager. Yeah, you forget he's a teenager. The teenager, fifty-eight, fifty-nine. Now today, you know the rookie of the month came out uh-huh. for each of yeah. the Western Conference. We had Doncic for the West, and we had uh, Trey Young for the East. Now you know I, they were putting up solid, great numbers, but I'm curious to know their usage rates. I'm curious to know. You know, these are two ball dominant players who were basically giving the keys to their franchise from the moment they were drafted. So you've got Jaron putting up these numbers. You know when. Half the time, a play isn't even called for this guy. It's his potential is scary. Yeah, he's he's not you know he's not getting the touch on most of the plays. It's pretty much running through Mike and Mark for the most part, and he's just yeah. kind of a, a lot at least up until then, mostly an afterthought. Uh, but like, yeah, I think that's a good point. That I mean, Young's touching the ball a ton. Doncic is expected to do everything in Dallas. And I know Doncic is getting a ton of minutes because he was uh, he was one of the few guys. Uh, there, there were six rookies averaging more minutes than uh, Jaron as of a few days ago, and he was one of them. Wow! Um, so he was yeah. I mean, he's getting a lot of minutes. He's getting full starters minutes. I'm not sure what Trey Young's doing, but I would definitely not be surprised if we see Jaron getting that ward you know, one or two times at least oh, this yeah. year. If he minute. stays on this trend, got to. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that Nets game, I think it really was big for his confidence as well. Uh, mm, just yeah. being able to be that out there on the floor in crunch time, closing the game, you know, had the ball in his hand, was trusted to take the big shot, had the, had the guts to take the big shot, you know, take it, miss or make, you know, he took that shot, you know, that's yeah. – that's building yeah. his confidence, that clutchness, that clutch gene. And the difference in that game, honestly, once they got to the two overtime periods was we had Mike Conley and they did it. Mm-hmm. That was the difference in the game. Yeah. That's one of our, uh, one of our Twitter followers pulled a stat. So Mike has the, I think 10th highest usage rate in the fourth quarter and beyond uh, in the NBA. Okay. So out of 30 teams, you know, he's got – you can assume that, you know, the the best players are probably getting the ball then. So that's putting him in the top 10 most trusted guys, however you want to look at it. Right. Uh, for the fourth quarter. And it's very apparent when you're watching the games that, you know, Mike's getting the ball for sure. And he, he does deliver a lot of times, but he, not always. But I can't right. say that – you know, that's a lot of pressure to only put on one guy. 
one guy, definitely. And yeah. it's it's literally, you know, the ball's in his hand, like you said. And, you know, in Brooklyn, he did deliver. And, you know, there have been times where Mike doesn't deliver, you know. But when you have that that trust to, you know, either take and make or miss the big shot, you know, that kind of falls on his shoulders. And I think back and forth that Brooklyn game, I really saw Mike – kind of just, you know, a lot of people like to say in your bag, in your bag is where you just kind of got that swagger, you're feeling good, you know, you got that pep in your step, and Mike was just in his bag, because I mean, you know, D'Angelo Russell, you can shoot nine contested threes on the other end, dude, do what you want to do, right. <laughs> but Mike's like, I'm going to get this ball, I'm going to penetrate, I'm going to stop on a dime, pull up, step back, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to stop me from getting in my spots, you know, and he's, he's such a smooth player, because, you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not the most athletic guy, you know, he's not going to, you know, kind of bully you or blow past you. But Mike is just such a smart, cerebral floor general. Like he just has the ball in the string. and He's able to get to his spots. And I think in Brooklyn, he was really able to get to his spots and really just, you know, put the team on his back and, you know, bring him home, you know, the Brooklyn way, I guess. Yeah, that was that was a huge win. And uh, I was at uh, at a brewery and watching the game and it was, you know, there's 20, 30 people there. It, it was a rainy night and everything and everyone's right. watching the game and it was really the first time and you know everyone's cheering at each as we're getting closer in the fourth quarter and each overtime and everything and it really it reminded me that like the last time that we felt that is you know several years ago in playoffs <laughs> yeah like everyone's all in invested watching the screen excited you know that's that used to be like the standard but we've kind of not been able to experience that for what feels like a while at least yeah um you know with the not making playoffs last year first round exit year before um but just the excitement and everyone kind of joins together that th- i think that's one of the coolest things just in general about the grizzlies yeah when the grizzlies are doing well the city is doing better yeah like I, Memphis is just a different place when the grizzlies sure. are doing well it's beautiful 100 percent and all right, so then they close out the week at Philly last <sighs> night. And then that game, that was just a funky game. I felt like we never really had rhythm. Agreed. And really, in, it shows to me, Embiid is just, he's a monster. Oof, man. That That's guy, a bad man. He really is. He impacts the game on both ends of the floor. You can see several times that uh, guys like Shelvin get into the lane and then just dribble, you know, dribble right back out or be looking to pass out and not really be looking to finish because, you know, Embiid likes, he's like significantly larger than Mark. I feel like, and obviously Mark's seven foot tall. Right. And his uh, shot blocking ability is just, is really intimidating for a lot of folks. And you can, you can see that you can watch them play uh, against anyone and he he's doing that. And, it definitely shows with Philly, even though they got Jimmy Butler, you know, obviously another big piece uh, recently via trade. Mm-hmm. When Embiid's on the floor, the his on-off uh, net rating for Philly, it swings positive 15.5 points. Wow. So that's showing you how much he's impacting. Because, like, Simmons, I guess he's, you know, he can get to the rim, but he can't shoot. Like, literally, he can't shoot. <laughs> right. So... so <laughs> He's he's kind of restricted to what he can do, even though he is really good at what he does. But also, I realized yesterday he's on my list of like guys I don't like how they play. I think. Oh yeah, I think so. Like I I respect you know guys like 
you know, Reddick and Embiid are really good at their craft. Mm-hmm. Reddick, Reddick's a Grizz killer. I mean, he's a killer probably against a lot of teams. For sure. Amazing shooter, so you can't leave him open, but you know this. But Simmons, man, he's throwing elbows every time he gets the ball, like in the post. Yeah. And everyone he's guarding. I, I just didn't uh, – I don't know. I'm going to have to keep an eye on him, but he's kind of creeping to my bad list. But I guess we yeah, won't have to I, face him again. I personally just don't like the headband. Once I saw the headband, I was like, nope. Well, yeah. What was up with the like dual head? Does Butler usually wear one or no? They apparently. Uh, I was doing some reading, and apparently they have a wager amongst each other, um, a defensive wager. So whoever has like the most blocks or steals, they call themselves the Band Brothers or the Headband Brothers. So uh, uh-huh. Jimmy's kind of put the uh, challenge under uh, Ben Simmons to kind of improve defensively, uh, and so I guess that means going and getting matching headbands and wearing them on the court. But uh, as soon as I saw the headband, man, I was like, you know what, Ben? Nah, this ain't it, fam. But, yeah, that ain't uh, – not about it. <laughs> not I'm not about, about Ben Simmons. I'm on I'm gonna, I'm going to be on the anti-Simmons team at this point, I think. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on him. There. See if he does anything else egregious that will <laughs> add fuel to my fire. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> But one thing we did see about Philly, so kind of getting into the lineup portion, mm-hmm. uh, what a lot of people have been talking about is on that wing slot, that reserve wing. Uh, where, where do you stand right now uh, with between Marshawn, Selden, and the variety that we've sprinkled in there? Oh, man, is Utah Watanabe available? Somebody, anybody. <laughs> oh, oh, man, Marshawn, Marshawn, Marshawn. You know, when I was watching the Philly game and I saw in the fourth quarter, there was like two minutes left and Marshawn was on the court. I was just like, why? Why, <laughs> JB? Why, why are you doing this to us? You know, last year was kind of a lost season. I think we all get that. You know, and it was a nice little feel-good story. You know, we go get Marshawn from China. He can come pull up buckets, put up big points in a lost season. But, you know, we're trying to get back now. I don't. Why is Marshawn still here? Um, you know, I understand, you know, that he can get a shot, but in what other ways on the court does Marshawn contribute any value? He's just a gunner. You know, he's a, he's a, oh God, I don't even want to say a, a poor man's Nick Young. He's like a, a, a poor man's <laughs> God. I don't even know a comparison for him. And he's playing 20 plus minutes. And then you have Selden. Now Selden, I think is the more frustrating of the two for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because I think there's just, we talk about potential, 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 but when is it going to manifest? You know, uh, we have the summer league Selden mantra, you know, and he struggled with some injuries early on in his career, you know, which, which I get, I understand, you know, but I'm just, I was, I think I was expecting, you know, Selden to come in and one, be like the defensive perimeter stopper that was going to just, you know, really lock down the opposing wings and also not necessarily be a three and D guy, because I don't necessarily know if he had ever been billed as a shooter of that magnitude, but at least somebody that could get the ball, take it off the dribble, drive to the cup, get fouled, you know, and just play a physical brand of basketball. But oftentimes, you know, I'm seeing flashes, you know, there's one game you'll watch Seldon's all over the floor. And there's one where it's like, wait, he, he played 20 minutes. I didn't even see him out there. Yeah. Totally non-factor, totally invisible. Totally invisible. And I just, it's just, I don't understand. So in regards to your question about the wing spot, I just, I think a change has to be made. I don't think, you know, I don't think that reserve wing spot is up to par 
You know, we got Garrett starting, and Garrett has been a pleasant surprise. I think with Garrett, you know what you're going to get. Smart, intelligent basketball player, can hit the three when he's feeling it, can play lockdown defense, and is going to try. He's an effort, you know, leader, uh, just a good guy, good basketball player. But when he's off the court, you know, you're looking at that wing spot, it's just like something's missing. You know, I don't know if that's going to the hustle, if you want the fans to get DJ Steffens in there to get some <laughs> excitement, uh, get some ducks off and kind of just hustle around. But Marshawn and Wayne, I just don't think it's cutting it. You know, a man can dream. I can dream for Bradley Bill. But uh, right now we just got Marshawn Brooks and Wayne Selden. Yeah, I I think it, this is kind of where we really miss Dylan. Like I'm. Oh, Yes. He, because he, the the bummer was he was really trending up when he got hurt. Because mm-hmm. I think he had double figures in two of his last three games right before he got hurt. Yeah, and you know he was shooting terribly in the first. See, he played eleven, so like the first eight games he was not shooting well. But then he was starting to kind of get into his rhythm, accept his role a little bit, and then as he uh, stepped on the basketball and tweaked his knee. Yeah, and I ah, that was, that was such a bummer because it was really starting for him to like come back. I felt like. And that was, and you know, I, I think, you know, Dylan's a plus defender out there. Mm-hmm. He's a, a big, strong kid. Will, you know, good hustle and everything like that. So he's, he's a really good guy, I think. And kind of, he, he's who I want out there. But in the meantime, I'm, I kind of am in the camp of whether it's Marshawn or Selden, I would like to stick with one for a few mm-hmm. games. And I kind of talked about this last week a little bit, but you know, we got, it's, Marshawn, for example, will he'll play a few games. He'll get like five to fifteen minutes, and then he'll get a coach's decision to not play. Yeah. And um, on the athletic today, they even wrote about um, kind of the inconsistency of a Marshawn's playing time, and now he's saying it's hard to hard to score and kind of get in a rhythm with that, mm-hmm. and that. that I mean, that's kind of the same thing that uh, kind of akin to baseball. If someone's not getting consistent, if you're always a pinch hitter and you never get consistent reps at the plate, it's going to be more challenging to get hits in theory. You know, that's what that's right. what any baseball player will tell you at least. Because so kind of a breakdown between those guys is Selden has gotten 20 plus minutes five times this season. And for perspective, he scored 10, 14, 13, seven and nine in those times. One of them, uh, almost 30 minutes mm. and Marshawn on Sunday against Philly. That was only the third time this season that he's played over 20 minutes. And I, he's got several uh, did not plays and he, he got 12 points on five of 10 shooting. And sometimes it doesn't feel like he's doing that. Yeah. But, but that's like, I mean, that's pretty decent, right? That's solid. That's solid. <laughs> And and if you extrapolate to their per thirty six minutes, Selden's getting twelve point nine points and Marshawn eighteen point one. So that's like a that's a pretty considerable difference right oh. there between those two. So I thought that was kind of interesting when I was looking that. Yeah. And but it's just Marshawn. Someone needs to get that man a headband so that he can play better man. defense. Yes. Yes, something, <laughs> something. Like Who's going to start that for headband? Can we bring the sleeves back? Is that <laughs> is that going to be a thing again? Let's let's do something. Just have a Marshawn giveaway night. Just, Ooh, just everybody get the matching yeah. Marshawn arm sleeve to help him deflect the passing lanes and kind of get active on defense. What's funny though is that he had 
one possession in particular that sticks out to me against Doncic when uh, the Mavs were in town, mm-hmm. where he bodied up Luca like all the way down the floor, and you know played really tough defense on him, and Luca had to take a very contested shot and missed. Yeah. And I'm like, Marshawn, why don't you just do that more? Yeah, that would that would. Yeah, that's frustrating, but yeah. I guess kind of where I stand. Of, uh, one of those players, you know, where it's just like you know you're that hooper, uh-huh. like you just kind of. You're just cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just too cool. You know, I think uh, we see this issue in, with the Lakers with Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just, you know, I, I love basketball. I want to hoop, but, but I'm still cool, man. You yeah. know, I'm going to go at my pace. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to overexert myself. I do care, but, you know, I'm not that in tune with my emotions, so I don't want to show it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Marshawn, he's just cool. He's like, man, you know, I ball. This is what I do. This is who I am. I was the man at Seton Hall. You know, I was a first-round draft pick by the Nets, you know. I did my thing in China, but now I'm back in the States. I'm in the league. I'm balling again. Yeah. So I think Marshawn's just kind of uh, just, just kind of too cool for school, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, curious if, I'm curious what we'll see this week as far as which one of those guys gets the, gets the run and mm-hmm. what they're able to do with it because – I mean, over the past three years, two and a half uh, with Selden, it's kind of uh, even this as recent as this summer. I was kind of projecting that he would be the starting shooting guard, but yeah, I, I hate my words on that one. He's just he's he's been disappointing uh, to say the least. But moving on to upcoming week, this week pretty pretty tough. We got Whew. we got the Clippers at home on Wednesday. Number one team in the league. Yeah, they're tied with right now tied with Nuggets and the Thunder. Yeah. Um and also they have the um as you mentioned, Doncic and Trey Young are well rookies of the month. Tobias Harris, uh player of the month for the Western Conference. Giannis got it for the East and Tobias Harris for the West. I'm I'm assuming that's probably his first one. I, I would <laughs> I would bet my salary on that. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we played them once in a tough one. Yeah, um, out on the West Coast. Just we got to find a way to control uh, Lou Williams, the yeah. actual bucket getter on the court. The actual bucket getter. Yeah, we don't. We definitely don't have Lou Williams light, but you know. Uh, yeah, and then no. <laughs> Juan Trezel, he uh, he destroyed us last time too, and he's been he yeah, just he's phenomenal been. off the bench. The dude's averaging about sixteen and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, and twenty five minutes of play. So beasting, yeah, he's he, he's definitely a guy that would be like awesome if he was on your team because you know he's oh, a yeah. little, little undersized center. <laughs> Hustle guy gets he's I mean that's scoring at a career clip for him. Yeah, hustling. They, uh, they got him at a two year, twelve million dollar deal too. Oh. Still, still. Yeah, that that's got to be one of the best the best deals out there. I think definitely they're making Doc Rivers actually look good. Yeah, <laughs> that's hard to do. And then yeah, Gallinari's still playing, like still scoring a lot. They're just they're just a weird a weird yeah. team, but like. They're all pretty good, you know? Yeah, they're just like a 
uh, a middling team of just basketball players. Like they just basketball players. They got Bobin. Bobin's out there, my yeah. man, my man, NBA fan favorite. Bobin's but- doing his thing. You got Shy Gilgis Alexander. You know, got to have a UK lottery pick out there. Oh, of course. They're uh, yeah, they're interesting. Yeah. Pat Bev, really, they're, they're like they remind me a lot of our team, except like slightly better at most positions. Yeah, honestly, slightly. they have Lou Williams. So yeah, that's that's their closer. That's where they yeah. we don't. And he's, I mean, coming off the bench having a closer. That's what a luxury to have. That's just right. That's crazy. And then so home on Wednesday versus Clips. Then Friday to New Orleans to play the Pellies. Ah, uh, trap game, I think. Uh, trap game. <laughs> yeah, the, currently the Pelicans are at 500, so they're mm. a half game back of the Mavs, and they're in the ninth slot right now. But okay, yeah, I don't. I, you you can never really be confident when you know that Anthony Davis could just score 50 points. Exactly. And if Anthony Davis doesn't score 50 points, I'm, I think the Grizz would let Julius Randle score 50 points, <laughs> which would make Julius Randle very happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, still got Drew Holiday, Nikola Miritich, Etwan Moore. Um, wow, Randle's actually scoring 17 and a half points per oh, game. Yeah. yeah, he's coming wow, off the bench. He's in contention well. for uh, six man of the year for sure. Dang. Yeah. Pretty sure I draft him in fantasy and then uh, – he started off slow and I dropped him. That dropped didn't work him. Out very oh, well. man. Yeah. And I think uh, Peyton's out still. So I'm not sure who's starting at the one for them. Um, Cause Peyton's Peyton's been hurt. Then he came back. Then he got hurt again. So. Yeah. Peyton's all, he's always kind of a fascinating player to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lottery pick. High lottery pick. <laughs> yeah. At least he yeah. got a haircut. He got a haircut. So. There's signs of That's that. true. He doesn't have the weekend hair anymore. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Just went to grab it. So Friday uh, at in New Orleans, and then which that's just gonna that'll be a tough game. We'll see yeah. how we'll see. Mark's played really well in most games against high profile big men, so we'll see how this game goes. And probably a good time. Could be a really big game for Jaron. Uh, as well yeah so we'll see what happens there and then saturday oh yeah i'm sure a lot of folks been looking forward oh yeah oh yeah the lake show coming to town show is coming to town (laughs) forum is gonna be rocking rocking yeah all those gold mustard yellow jerseys in the stands oh yeah tons (sighs) of them oh yeah so yeah la is fifth right now 14 and nine they're Half game up on the Grizzlies. It feels like they lost a lot more than nine games, <laughs> right? Personally, or they started off with this season with nine losses or something yeah, like that. It's because they're ESPN's darling child. So whatever they do, the microscope is going to be in hand. Oh yeah. So we just hear about them every second of every day. So obviously, you got LeBron James mm-hmm. out there. Um, and his cast of characters. His cast of misfit toys. <laughs> cast of... <laughs> yeah, I saw... I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I guess Morris, uh, Moritz Wagner got his, like... First points. Throws. Yeah, his yeah. First points. 
and the whole bench is just like going ah! Yeah, everyone Tyson Chandler's like having to hold people back and everything. Oh, <laughs> They're just going nuts for him. So I I thought that was pretty funny. It's actually an interesting team, but also like, you know, they're starting to kind of hit their stride a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Rondo's been out. I think that's given Lonzo a little bit more confidence to know that, like, you know, he's not, not going to get yanked if he just makes a mistake. Um, Kuzma's kind of settling into his role. He's back starting. So, uh, man, yeah, they're they're starting to settle into their roles. Uh, LeBron's kind of seemingly taking control of the offense. I mean, you know, he's the head coach of the Lakers. So I'm excited <laughs> to see, like, his game plan, uh, you know, and – his uh, top assistant, Luke Walton, um, to really <laughs> make it interesting against the Grizz, man. Yeah, and they're and they're going to play a fast game too. They're they're fifth oh, yeah. in pace and Ooh. have a tough defense. So seventh in defense, defensive rating right now. Shout so out that's going to be. Yeah, can we uh, snag him, or is Noah going to bring us to that level? <laughs> oh, Joe Kim's man, he's here, man. He's posting on Snapchat. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's for those of you had, best is, life. Is that what it was? It on Snapchat? That, it was that on Snapchat. Was okay. Yeah, man. I saw it circulating. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted back a picture of uh, Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant. That's kind of what he <laughs> reminded me of. Joe Kim's about to come out Saturday, man, and drop twenty-seven and thirteen. Hey, I'll, I would be more than happy to just have the thirteen. <laughs> I think we need that more than anything. Yeah, the, I, I think for sure. Considering how poorly we rebounded over the last month, I think yeah. that would definitely be. Helpful. I just want to see him shoot free throws, man. That's all I need oh, in my yeah. life. I just want to see him shoot some free throws. I was at a at a Tiger game earlier this year, and the du- Tennessee Tech game, and dude actually shot Granny shot. Really. Yeah, I had to do a double take because I wasn't paying oh, super wow. close attention, and I had to look over. I was like, "Wait, what? What just happened? Okay. Is, is it real? <laughs> that really just won basketball? Yeah, it, okay. was, uh, it was something. All but, right, Tennessee Tech. Yeah, shout out Cookville. Cookville. Um, yeah. So I think uh, this week, this is a pretty tough week for the for the Grizz, man. You got. Uh, Thankfully, it's not like a West Coast swing. You know, they got yeah. both of the L.A. teams at home. You know, got to go down to NOLA for a quick turnaround. But they've got to bring it. They've got to bring it. I'd like to think they – so they played – obviously burned out from Friday. You had mm-hmm. two – I think that per, that kind of was why the Sunday was like a sluggish game uh, in Philly. Yeah. and But they were off Monday, Tuesday – at home on Wednesday night. So hopefully I think that'll give them a chance to kind of refresh themselves. Cause after calling up in Brooklyn, you know, hopefully that they're able to steal one from the Clippers, which I definitely think they can, especially at home. That'll, yeah. that'll be a big game for them. And then we'll yeah. see what happens Friday, Saturday, Saturday's almost like it. The crowd honestly is going to be one of those 50, 50 games, which right. I mean, being a hometown guy, I, I hate those. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that every every fan base has to deal with that when when someone for like sure. LeBron comes to town because you probably got some season ticket holders selling their tickets for like five times. They're paying for like three months of payments. Yep, without like one game, which <laughs> is fiscally responsible. Don't get me yep. wrong, but yep. uh, couldn't it's bring gonna, myself to do that. I don't think. Nah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you know, you're gonna have like you said the fifty fifty home game. I don't know what rotations JB is going to go with or 
because they've got some long, lanky guys on there. You know, maybe maybe he could, you know, the curious case of Ivan Rab. Maybe Ivan Rab could uh, get some burn. Could man, Ivan get some PT? The, not to rant too much about <laughs> Rab, but I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. I tweeted it yesterday, but that guy only gets put out there against Joel Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> It is not fair. You're not setting that kid up for success at all. No, not at all. Like, I, we'll never see what he can do if he's just out there to literally get a couple fouls and I, and he looks like a like a teenager out there compared to Embiid. But yeah, we'll, hot we'll take. See. Hot take. I'd rather um, I'd rather see Ivan than J. Michael. If I can share that. Oh, you would. I'd rather see Ivan than J. Michael. I think we need to. I think we could get some assets for J. Michael. I think we could unload J. Michael. Yeah, that he's definitely talked about as kind of being the hottest trade chip with, you know, expiring contract. And yeah. he's playing I mean, I think he's playing very well coming off the bench. And in his current role, he's doing about everything that we could ask for. Definitely. Definitely. But any any closing thoughts, Richard? Uh, where can where can our friends find you on Twitter? Uh yeah, you know. Um, Twitter handle is at what you mead. So that's W A T C H U underscore mead. Same handle for both Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, follow me, you know, I follow back, uh, and you know, uh, looking forward to a good week of Grizz basketball. You know, I'm hoping for a three and a week, expecting a two and one week, hoping that we don't get a one and two or (laughs) and three. And, you know, uh, looking forward to what JB JB has up his sleeve. Marshawn's dropping 40 in LA. <laughs> I'm calling it. I'll take that. How many I'll minutes will he need for that though? Marshawn's playing 48 <laughs> minutes at the Smooth <laughs> King Center in New Orleans. Whole game. Just get the ball to Marshawn and get out the way. <laughs> if he touched it literally every time, I bet I bet he could get 50. I, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. That's it. We just it's the Marshawn game, man. He's our Clay Thompson. Let's get it. <laughs> I'm excited. Awesome stuff. Uh, well, Richard, I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, of course. That's my fun. pleasure. We'll have to do it again. Um, reminder to everyone, check out the-barnburner.com and find us on Twitter at the underscore barnburner. And you can find me on Twitter at barnburnerbro. So until next time, we will see you later. Oh, yeah. See you. Get through to me The drama, people suing me I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me I'm just saying how I feel, man I ain't one of the Cosby's, I ain't go to hell, man I guess the money should have changed them I guess I should have forget where I came from Wait till I get my money Tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing.